0: This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. This is week four. I was, I was telling Ellie, this is week four for me. Um, only 33 more weeks to go. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. Now, that is excluding holiday, holidays, and of course... But um, I do want to say that this past week, it was a longer week for me because on Wednesday we had the um, open house, and so this is that was from six to eight, and I was like, man, that's tough, but okay. And I had uh, almost thirty um, students with their um, families come and and be a part of of that, just to kind of meet me, kind of see where their students were. Uh, where, where they learn and and that sort of stuff, but I don't know if I told you this but in my class we have something called a social contract, so that's how we agree to treat one another, how they agree to treat um, each other and then how they treat me and how I treat them. So it's there's a list of things and one of the top things is respect and um, then there's other things like being listening, being understanding, things like that. So I, ha- I had a lot of those students like oh, look, this is our social contract, and they're really proud of it. I was like, great, this is awesome. And, and so there's a lot of things um, because I have some advanced students now. So three of, sorry, two of my six um, courses, I guess, are what they call on level, and then the other four are advanced chemistry. But I had some from every, every um, class that I have, and they were just excited to show their parents what was going on, where they're learning chemistry, and how they're actually kind of excited about it. A little bit scared, but a, a little bit excited as well. So, um, but with that said, I I feel like I'm getting the hang of things as far as teaching goes. Now, I know I still have a long way to go, but I really do feel like with, um, this is my third year teaching, and with Uh, teaching chemistry and so I feel like I have a little bit more um, confidence in what I'm doing and so I can try new things and um, you know I don't feel as uh, nervous about things and I I feel like like I'm able to spend time connecting with students and, and again trying new things and see what I can do to keep it engaging and something that they can learn because you know, Just like with math, sometimes people think chemistry, oh my goodness, I can't do that. But yes, you can. Everybody can do chemistry. And I say everybody can do chemistry because everybody is made up of chemistry, right? Because chemistry is um, just the study of matter, and we're all made up of matter. But with all this, I do find it interesting, though, that people find out that i'm also a pastor now i tell my students this at the very beginning the first day but but other like staff members and stuff they find out that i'm a pastor and and they come and they talk to me and they're like you're a pastor right i'm like yes i'm a pastor and the first thing that they say is like well i haven't been to church in a while but (laughs) now usually like in the past what i would have said is like oh that's okay But it's really not, though. I mean, I I really do feel like going to church and and experiencing worship is something that that we really need in our lives. And so after they say that thing, I used to say, oh, that's okay, but I don't say that. I'm just kind of silent. Maybe they want that confirmation that it's okay that I haven't gone to church, but I'm just silent there, and then I listen to them. And so then they go on with whatever they're they're talking about, whatever they have troubling them, or whatever questions that they have, or anything like that. Um, so with all that, I, I do find it interesting though, because I know that that worship for me, as I said earlier, is one way that I, one of the primary ways that I that I connect to God and that I connect to the people of God. And so I think this is one of the the purposes that we are even created in the first place is so that we can praise and worship God. So that's why I feel like it's it feels good because it feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I th- I think about all of this and and yet I know that there are some people out there but that just can't get on board with coming to church or even believing in God in the first place. And I know that um, at some point in your life, maybe there was some doubt. Maybe there was some fear. And you know people that, that are like this, they will say, uh, I don't really go to church, but, but I kind of believe in God. And so the thing is, I think that's kind of dangerous. Because I mean, I get it though. I really do get it. I mean, all we have to do is look out in our world. All we have to do is come to church sometimes and we see that there's evil in this world. We see that there's suffering in this world. We see that there's death in this world. And then we have to somehow reconcile that with this good God that created everything good, that that is all about love, that's all about reconciliation, that's all about justice, all this sort of stuff. And, and, and we have these two things, and somehow, some way, we have to make sense of it. And so, I think it's really, really interesting, though, because... There there is this these two things in place, and there seems to be like this existential dilemma of how do we exist where these two things are in our lives. So as Christians, we believe that, that evil was invited into this world with the first sin. Now, since that time, there has been a raging battle between good and between evil light and dark, life and death. And humanity finds itself right in the middle of this cosmic war. And so, over the past several weeks, we've been talking about faith and science. And the first week, we talked about connection, about how God connects us all to one another and then back to Him. And then, Using the cosmological argument that concluded that God was the was the thing that caused everything into existence. And then we we keep on looking back at this and seeing that there's faith in science. And yes, and last week we talked about beyond science, what happens beyond science, Science can take us up to a certain point, but then at some point, we have to go beyond and we have to go further and we have to connect back to God. And so, how do we get to that point to where we can reconcile all of this? And I had put this up here, if you remember, the first week and every week since that we've talked about faith and science. And I, and I said, what is this? What do you think this is? And so... What are what are your thoughts on this? What do you think this is? Uh, electricity but being like uh, like the lights over there in Alaska, you know, the the lights are. Aurora Borealis? Uh, you know, they reflect off. On, that looks like uh, electricity reflecting off as well. Okay. <laughs> looks like stage before Neil Diamond took the stage there <laughs> in hot August night. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a great album. Okay. Album. Okay. Okay. album. It's very well-to-be. I don't know. Neon lights? <laughs> Neon lights. Yeah. Christmas lights? Christmas lights? Okay. No, it's like a Rainbow? A rainbow yeah. Yeah. Cruz. Aurora lights. Aurora borealis? Okay, Nancy. Well do I don't know about the lights, but it looks like icicles maybe down below. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, like, we're gonna come back to this. Don't no worry. I'm gonna give you the answer. <laughs> But not yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I want to say is that we're going to get back to that. But, but the thing about this is like, how do we reconcile the, this, the existence of, of evil, of suffering, of death in this world when we know that all this world was created by such a good and gracious and loving God? And that's what makes it so hard for some people to believe in God and even to even try to believe in God because they see all this death and destruction and everything Um, people taking stuff that's not theirs for whatever reason. And, And you know, all of this, it makes it tough. It makes it difficult to believe in God. But what I want to say to you is this, we're going to start at the heart of the matter. And remember, I go back to the Psalms a lot because it has a whole kind of realm of um, possibilities of how we experience emotion. Um, So the good things, the bad things, everything in between, it is encapsulated in the Psalms, and it's right in the middle. If you look at the, the Bible, it is right in the middle. So we go to Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, and 8 through 11. And again, this is entitled Awe and Wonder. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament, that is like the sky, the things that hold up the the sky, um, proclaims his handiwork. Day by day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their precepts, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The the commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and dripping of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. You can see that that this is going back to, to... who God is, and who we are in relationship to God. And so basically what what this part is saying is that the heavens and and, and the earth, it's all possible because of God. And so even the the best things that happen in this life, the the most brilliant speeches, the, the most beautiful poetry, everything that is created, that we create as humans in this world, it doesn't even happen if there is no God, but there is God, and because there is God, and because God imparts his wisdom to us, because God imparts his knowledge and, and his love to us, we can share that with the world, and in so sharing, we can also express the very existence of God, for God is love, so when we love, we are showing the very existence of God as well. And so we go to another part of the Bible. That was kind of the Old Testament in the middle. And we go a little bit further um, to the right as we go into Romans chapter 1, 18 through 21. And it says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen throughout things he has made. So they are without excuse. For through they for though they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Now again, that sounds pretty bleak, but what this is basically saying is that everybody should know God. Because all you have to do is look at creation and you can see the very existence of God. So there really isn't an excuse not to believe in God. Because all we have to do is look around. And because of that, we, we have to somehow make sense of this, that there's good and there's evil in this world. And, and for us, it it's might be easier to say, well... Yeah, but there's so much bad in this world, so, so that's what I can believe. I can see, I can hold it in my hand. I can see that this is pain and suffering and death. I can see that here. But what a sad existence if that's all there is. And so what God is continually reminding us of, of a new creation, of the seasons, of the, of the year, of everything, of newborn babies, of everything like that, that there's creation going on still. And yet, we get concentrated so much on the evil and the bad things in this world. And we lose sight that God is continuing to remind us over and over and over that God is here, God is with us. God loves us. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. But it's hard. It's actual work in order to believe in God because we have this existence of evil, suffering, and death. And so we go to our our last part, which is um, kind of backing up a little bit, but this is in the book of Acts of the Apostles. This is kind of like Luke part two. But it says this, in Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked at him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, he said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lysonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was a chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garland to the gates And he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifice. And when the apostles Barnabas and and Paul heard it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, when, friends, why are you doing this? Why are mortals, we are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news, that you should turn from these worthless things, To the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In the past generation, he allowed all nations to follow their own ways. Yet, he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, giving you rains from the heaven and fruitful seasons and fulfilling you with food and your hearts with joy. You see, this was a, a misguided thing. You see, they saw they saw that, that Paul and Barnabas were doing some good work. They saw a miracle happened, And they immediately attributed it to the gods that they knew of. Come in human form. And that's a little odd to me because that had already happened. That the one true God, had come in human form in Jesus Christ. And they somehow missed that. And if they would have been paying attention, they would have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. Not just one person that that was lame, as they say in the Bible, from birth and now is able to, to walk. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's That's actually nothing in comparison to what Jesus did and and what God continues to do every single day. And so it was kind of misguided. They they saw that and they immediately tried to to reconcile how this good thing could ever happen. And the only thing that they can point to is, well, it's the gods like Hermes and Zeus that, that have come to us in human form. That's the only thing that they can reconcile that made sense to them. And so... Paul and Barnabas are like, no, 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 you don't even understand. It's it's not even us. It's God, the one true God. There's not many gods. There's one true God, and we're only able to do this because he allowed us to do that. You are only able to eat. You are only able to have rain. You're only able to do any of this because the one true God is the one that made it happen in the first place. So, he's, uh, so Paul and Barnabas are trying to say, I understand that you are in awe and you are in wonder, but let's put it in the right place. It should not be pointed at us. It should not be pointed to these false gods. It should be pointed and your gaze heavenward to our one true God who was in heaven and is on earth and is all around us all the time. And so with that, I ask that question. When we get to the point to where this is all good, but now what? What do we do with this information? And like I said, there is so much in this world that that we can be caught up in. That's so dark. That's so evil. That so s- produces so much pain and, and suffering, and yes, even death. And and we can be caught up in that. And we can say, well, this is what I see, and this is what I know. But it is actual work to believe in good it is actual work to believe that there is there are miracles that still happen on a daily basis it is actual work that we have to put into to believing that people can be good they can choose good that that is a possibility and the point here is that it's work to believe In a God that is, for many people, invisible. And for many people, they don't see what we see. They haven't experienced what we've experienced. Or maybe, or maybe like the people in Acts, they experienced something, but they they explained it away by by some other measure. Maybe science, maybe another um, religion, maybe another train of thought. We're all the time, they could have been giving praise and thanks to God for all that he's done. But like I said, where where does that leave us? It leaves us in the part where we're doing the work. Because I'll be honest with you, it it is tough. And whenever you see this as as just a human in this world, but, but I see it a lot too because I deal with with everybody in every stage of life, and especially when people are looking for some way to get through grief, for some way to get through loss. And that's all that they are consumed by at this time. And I know in my life, and in my experiences, I can point to God every single time, no matter what I'm experiencing, I can always point to God, but but people that have experienced time after time of evil and suffering and death in the world, they get so beat down, so defeated. And it's hard for them to believe that there's anything else but this. But here's the thing. We are caught in the middle of this cosmic war, good versus evil, because of that first sin that invited evil into this world, we are living in the results of that. However, we are not just bystanders of this, where it's good and evil at war and we're just kind of sitting on the sidelines. That's what we're led to believe that we have no control over this. But the thing is, we can choose. We can choose to believe that there's nothing but evil and suffering and death in this world. Or, we can choose to believe that there is a God. We can choose to believe that there is good. And that at the forces that are here in this world, we have a part to play in this. And one of the biggest things that we can do is we can believe. We can believe that that the forces that are in this world, that evil basically attempts, I say attempts because I don't think that evil succeeds at this, but attempts, evil attempts to undo what God has put into creation. Undo that and cause chaos, pain, destruction, and death. So that's on one side, and we have to acknowledge that. Also, on the other hand, we have to acknowledge that there is a cause for good in this world. There is a cause for good that creates order out of destruction and chaos. There is a cause for good that that brings peace, that brings creation and life. And yes, these two things are, are at war, if you will. And it seems like there's nothing that we can do about it. But yes, there is. Because first of all, the war has already been won. But furthermore, we have the secret weapon. We first of all know that the war has already been won. But, but even more than that, God has done more for us than we could have ever imagined But think about this, to tip the scale in favor of good. God did the best thing that has ever happened in the history of this world. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we might live, so that we might believe, so that we might be once again reconciled with God, where sin entered this world and we were separated from God, and evil entered into this world and tried to keep us separated from God. Jesus was kind of at the intersection of everything, interceding in human history and tipping the scales forever in favor of good. And because of that, We have the secret weapon. We have the strong and powerful name of Jesus. And let me tell you that that this name, it shakes the mountaintops. And this, this word, whenever it's uttered, the name of Jesus, it breaks all curses, even the curse of sin and death. And it's higher than any other name. And it allows us to be full of faith and wonder instead of fear and doubt. That wonder is our part in this. That wonder is what keeps us trying to figure out what our part is, how we can expand the kingdom of God because God is continually trying to urge us to play a part in tipping the scale to good. And here's what that name does. Here's what that powerful name of Jesus does. First of all, I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and put your hand over your heart. And think about it. Your heart beats. It beats like that, right? And it's not just beating just to beat. It's beating to keep us alive. But if we pay attention, it's also saying that powerful word, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That blood is pumping throughout our entire being. That name is giving us strength. That name is giving us the power to do things that we didn't think were even possible. Like Paul and Barnabas, they were able to have a miracle happen. And it wasn't because of them, but it was because of the powerful name of Jesus that resides in them. The Holy Spirit that was leading them. And it's God that made all this possible. And so that name, that powerful name of Jesus, it makes the darkness tremble. That powerful name of Jesus It silences fear. That powerful name of Jesus brings creation into this world where destruction is happening on a regular basis. That powerful name of Jesus, it allows us to step into fear and say, no, I have faith. Allows us to step into death and say, no, I have life. Allows us to go into the darkness and say, no, no, I have the light. And all others don't compare. I have that secret weapon. I have Jesus in my life. I have the thing that is keeping us tipping ever so slightly and maybe all the way in so that we're always tipping towards Justice, that we're always tipping towards good, that we're always tipping towards life, and that it is in our favor, and that our part is to see, OK, God, how can I help? How can I help? I want to know. So now, you might be still have that question about what this is. Are you in awe of God? do you wonder what your part in it is i will tell you all of these things you see how they're kind of connected all of these things are connected this and all of the uh all of this down here this is the bible this is how everything from the beginning all the way to the end It's connecting. To itself, it's connecting us to God. It's connecting us to one another. And it's also showing us how we were all connected in the first place. So maybe you see it, and it does look like Aurora Borealis, like the Northern Lights. And it might look like you know, a rainbow or something like that. But but you know what it is? it is. It's us connecting to the very word of God. And you know what is going through that entire, the entirety of this, going back and forth? It is a strong name of Jesus. Everything's pointing to Jesus. Everything's pointing us to Jesus. And in our lives, we should also be pointing back to Jesus. Because you know as well as I do, there's going to be things that that can get us down. There's going to be things that are that will stand in our way of trying to worship God. But God is relentless. God doesn't care about what type of barriers are in their way. No, no, no. God God is bigger than any obstacle we can ever imagine. God is for us. God is for you. And we were created to worship. Nothing can stop us from that. Let us speak the name, that powerful name of Jesus, and that should give us a strength so that we can find our place in tipping that scale towards good over evil. Tipping that scale towards the existence of God. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church Podcast. Blessings.